What is going on, everybody? Welcome, welcome back to the Greg Campy Show, brought to you by the Evans Law Group. My name is Neil Rule, the voice of the Golden Grizzlies. Happy to have you with us wherever you may be listening. Now, typically, we will be live at RJ's Pub, but of course, as you know, we are not right now. We're working to get back there, but we ask you, you know, if you've got a feeling for some takeout or something like that, uh, go ahead and lob RJ's Pub off a phone call. Great food, as you know. Coach Campy officially endorses the season fries, 248 652 9550. Uh, good Oakland connection there with RJ's Pub. So, certainly, if you can support them, please do so as we welcome in the head coach, Greg Campy. Coach, how are you? Enjoying the holiday season, Neil, which we'd had a few wins this weekend we didn't get, but I uh, got to see my sons yesterday. All three of them, two of them were in town, and I uh, got to spend a quality evening with them since, you know, we're pretty well sequestered for. Christmas, I won't be with them on Christmas Day. Um, so we're, uh, I had them both COVID tested yesterday. The two that flew in, I had COVID tested and I was able to spend some time with them and uh, that was very enjoyable and now we get back to work. Yeah, absolutely. I know, uh, I know, yeah, getting to know uh, some of your sons, man, good guys, you know, did a good job with those guys. So I, I'm, I'm happy for you that you get that time around the holiday. Uh, to meet with them but you know coach we, we can we can certainly get into that and we'll take your questions all night long with the hashtag ask campy on twitter and uh you know coach before we get into to what's coming up next um you know there is a bit of breaking news in the horizon league which we will get to in just a couple of seconds but you know as you said in uic uh things did not go the way the golden grizzlies wanted them to go and, and i know saturday in particular it, it's a tall task to win two road games within you know 30 plus hours of each other but I know in particular Saturday the first game you guys had the lead for over 33 minutes of that one uh I, I know that was the one that really really was disappointing yeah um I, you know it was a tough deal um we prepped for it uh I really liked the energy in that that we played with we were really really good defensively for quite a while in the game we rebounded. We won every statistical category there was, uh, with the exception of field goal percentage. Um, and, you know, we had more points in the paint, more free throws, more offensive rebounds, more rebounds, more this, more that, more everything, less turnovers, less, and we didn't win the game. And that's really a disappointing uh, thing, especially when you haven't won a game. And it's your league opener and you know the the league opener is always a very hotly contested game no matter who's playing who because you know everybody's zero and zero at that <laughs> at that time everybody thinks that they have a chance to win it and, and so it was a hotly contested game it was it, i thought it was a well-played game by both teams and uh we didn't do the things you had to do to win the game we, we really really lost our head uh, nine, nine or ten point lead with the ball with about seven minutes to go. We had a, a stretch of three possessions that we just allowed them to get back in the game. And then we continued. We, we missed six or seven free throws in a row, missed the front end of one and ones. Um, and, and we had a chance to win on a game we didn't shoot. On a day that you didn't shoot well from the perimeter, we shot extremely well inside. Our young, uh, our young freshman post player, I hate to say he's a post player, he's playing in the post, he's really a perimeter player that we're playing down there. And Trey Townsend had an outstanding game, and Dan Oladapo had probably statistically the best game of his career. And when you do that, you don't win. It's really, it was really maddening. It, it, it was really, really tough to take. It was tough in the locker room. It was tough for our kids uh, when you don't have a win, and you're so close to getting one, and you don't get it. And if we go back to last year, Neil, and all the games we lost on the last possession, and, and here we had a chance to tie or take the lead on the last possession, and the shot didn't go in again. Uh, this time we didn't get a great shot, though. Talk with Coach Campy here on the Greg Campy Show, brought to you by the Evans Law Group. Coach is at his house. I'm at my house. And a big thank you to Nick Rogers back in our 1067 HD2 FM studios, also on the iHeartRadio app on Wild. 106.7. Coach, how do you want to handle We're kind of producing this on the fly a little bit. You know, the news release just came out from the Horizon League. You want to tackle that? You want to break down the Chicago, do the, you know, do the Horizon League thing at 7.15? How do you want to handle it? 
I'll say one thing. We're playing at Detroit this weekend. We play there Saturday and we play there Sunday. We've had no prep. We've had nothing. Uh, Detroit's had no prep for us or nothing. Um, I talked to Mike Davis about 15 minutes ago. I know his feelings. He knows my feelings. Our feelings don't matter. We're playing Saturday and Sunday. Don't want to say another word about it. Let's talk about something else. All right, so that is the story then. Uh, Oakland and Detroit will play Saturday and Sunday at 4 o'clock at Detroit. We'll be on the air at 3.30 on the Real Team Real Estate Radio Network with the pregame show. So, you know, Coach, with, with all that being said, where do, where do we go from here? And I know Chicago on Sunday, uh, you guys came out, we got out to a pretty good start in that basketball game, but then the, the energy level seemed to turn on both sides. Chicago turned up, uh, you guys seemed to drop a little bit, and then the horses got out of the barn. I don't think we – I really don't think we had a good start defensively. I think we had a good start offensively. Rashad had a shot after not being able to make any. had a shot bouncing the rim about six times and went in. Uh, we made an adjustment. I mean, you were, I think you were in the team meeting when we made the adjustment and, and uh, we started the game with two layups, but when you don't get, you know, when you have the Saturday, Sunday or the back to back days, you make the adjustments in video, you don't get to make them on the court and repetition is the most important thing there is in our game, you know, being able to, to do something over and over again is how you win. They're, they're, you know, they're, when there's, we're playing at about 80 possessions this year. And when there's 80 possessions in a game, two possessions at the beginning, while nice, they're not going to make the difference. And we had to be able to repeat that, and we just couldn't do it because it, it's, it wasn't in our DNA. It wasn't, you know, as you get tired, as an athlete gets tired, as, they, as a game wears on, as you get beaten down a little bit, your practice and your repetition and your repetition is what has you makes you survive. And any coaching one-on-one class, the, you know, the key to practice is repetition. And, you know, there's a famous saying, we don't do this to get it right. We do it so we can't get it wrong. And, and that's a very, very telling and very smart way to approach things. And so it worked early, but, then as we wore down and got tired, we never saw it again the rest of the game. So I think we stayed in the game early because of that. And then we had nothing. I mean, it was, it was evident, it was obvious and that we had nothing. And I think UIC sensed that and started making shots. And their shots started getting more open and more open and more open. And um, the half just ended miserably. I thought we did a really nice job in the second half of scratching and fighting and trying to overcome the whatever it was that caused us to, to play the way we did in the first half. And I thought the kids battled their tails off. Uh, but we got into a situation again where we cut it to 12 and we missed six straight free throws. And going into that point of the game, we'd made our first nine in a row. We ended up, we were nine for nine and we ended up 11 for 20. So we were two for 11 when we had a chance to crawl back in the game. And then the six straight free throws included stops. So, you know, we, we, it, it would have been down to an eight or six point game. And I don't know if we'd have won or not, who knows, but we sure would have had an opportunity to make some plays. We took a couple of bad shots uh, after we missed, you know, one of the things that, that we we have to learn to do, we have some, couple of really talented players that you know have to learn to trust the trust the process and trust the offense and and trust that their coach can get them the shots that they need to take and and that the ones they should be making and right now we don't trust that process when things don't go well we, we kind of wander off and want to get them on our own and and it's not unusual to see with people because I mean Reggie Hamilton was no different when he got here uh, I could go over, you know, Derek Nels. I could go over a lot of great players that played here that had to learn that that was part of the process. And and this team is in the middle of a process. And as I said on your show after the game, Neil, you know, I want to win. And anybody that knows me, I mean, I want to beat you if we're playing tiddlywinks. You know, I don't if we're playing cards, if we're whatever we're playing, I you know, that's just in my DNA. 
Um, but as the coach of this basketball team, I have to step back and, and look at the bigger picture. And the development of this team is way more important than winning a game right now. And, and you could say, but you got to understand, this is a different year. This is a strange and different year. And we have to step back and we have to develop this team. And, you know, that's, that's just what we're doing and the route we're going. And as I said after the game, if you're a fan and you disagree with that, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, I, I feel bad about it. Uh, blame me. Go ahead. And, and you're right. You're right to do it and go ahead and do it. But I like our youth. I like a lot about us. There's some things that we got to fix. There's a little bit of rawness in, in a couple areas that we have to figure out. Uh, but if we don't start shooting the ball on a consistent level, we're not going to beat many teams. Well, Coach, it's, it's interesting you bring that up, too, because you look at the, the core of this team and, and you look at that starting five that you you put out there on the floor, and, and you've talked about this before because it is exciting. I mean, for, for anybody that's been around this team, and it's, it might be hard for our, our fans to see because we haven't played a home game yet. So, you know, when, when you look at it from that perspective, certainly you can understand, but Camp, when you look at this team and – Trey Townsend has every bit been the real deal. I mean, the numbers are not a fluke. The guy's out there, and he just he works. He outworks everybody for the basketball. That's just that's how he gets the basketball. the The level of talent that you have on this team, and the depth of this team, certainly is something that you know. If if you're a fan, you have to be excited about that. The process is never as quick as, as everybody wants it, right? I know you camp. You you wish you could snap your fingers and boom, it would be right there, but. I mean, you are excited about the level of talent on this basketball team. I see it all the time. I'm excited for the level of talent on this basketball team. There are good players here, very good players. Well, I, one of the things that I have to I have to come to grips with or I have to figure out is being able to trust and get minutes for you know certain people. I mean, Chris Conway is not ready for us to win the Horizon League championship with him as the starting center. But you know what? Keith Benson wasn't either as a freshman, and Keith ended up playing a lot of minutes, although he did—he redshirted, which, in essence, Chris is in his redshirt year because he would be redshirting if it wasn't for COVID. So every minute we get him is a bonus. But Benson's second year, which is his redshirt freshman year, we played him, and we knew that his future was really, really good, and we played him a lot of minutes, and it was it cost us um, – and at some point, where do I do that with Chris? And where do I do that uh, with Yusuf? Um, it's hard to when Dan Oladapo, you know the numbers that Dan Oladapo and Trey Townsend put up in Chicago last week were just astounding. I mean, Oladapo had 36 points and 36 rebounds in two games. And he wasn't even in the conversation. For <laughs> well, it wasn't even a debate, right? <laughs> 36 points and 36 rebounds. I've never, in all my years, I've never had a kid in a back-to-back -back games get 36 rebounds. Well, well, that's you know, how great of a performance he had this past weekend. You know, what's funny is Luke Yaklich, a head coach of UIC, saying the same thing. I had a guy get a triple-double this weekend, and, and he – he wasn't even in the he wasn't even in the mix either. I, I, I do want to talk to you about that, you know, from what you saw around the horizon. We'll get into that in, in just a little bit coming up in the next segment. Remember you can tweet your questions with the hashtag AskCampy. But you you went through these pains with Keith Benson though. I mean, you know, that that has a history there. You we went through these pains with him as well, who ended up being drafted in the NBA. Yeah, but I have to understand with this group and you know, one of the one of the things that fans and I, I hear this from every fan base that's out there. We don't want to play non D one games. We don't want to. We I'm not going to spend money. We don't. Well, the, here's the deal. Those non D one games and those exhibition games are extremely important for the development of our team. Just as the Big Ten and the Power Five playing the Horizon League teams or the MAC teams or the Missouri Valley teams, those games are extremely valuable 
for the Tom Izzo's and Jim Beheims of the world. Because it's a game that your expectations are to win. In most of the games, you're going to be able to play everybody and get to see kids that practice, reward them, and find out what they can do when the lights are on. And then some of those games, you're going to get tested and pushed and even beaten. And that's good for the development of the team. Two years ago, we had a completely new team, and Hillsdale had a chance to beat us at the buzzard in the exhibition game. And that was one of the best things that happened to that team all year. That team went from being not very good to a Drew McDonald three as the buzzard went off from going to the championship game of the tournament. Those games where you get to play help you develop, help you learn about your players, allow you to do things. And we didn't get any of those this year. Nobody did. No one did. So I'm not saying, hey, sorry for us. Look at us. I'm just saying no one did. But this year it hurt us really bad. The truth of the matter is, is the last two years have been complete rebuilds for us. We've had the turbulent offseason. We've lost players and that has an effect on your program. And, um, you know, not getting those games hurt the development of this team. And there's still things I have to learn. And that's where we're at. And I need to come to grips with that and understand that, you know, there's some development that has to go on and there's some there's some tough days that have to happen. Um, I don't want those just as the fans don't want them, and especially now that we're going to play Detroit. The last thing I want is to have to go and develop players in the, in the game against Detroit. So, you know, the, the other thing that's really hurt us, and you can take this as excuses all you want, I don't care, it's just the truth, is we thought, you know, everybody knows that we – Missed all those days of practice. Everybody knows that. That's well chronicled. Everybody can understand that. What they don't know is the, the week we had two weeks of practice. We had a week and we played Michigan State, and then we had a week and we played UIC. We had false positive tests in both those weeks, Neil. You know that. I know. Yep. We had false positive tests, which shut us down for two days. So we didn't have a week of practice either week. Because the false positives came midweek. And when you play on, we played Michigan State on a Sunday. We're going to play UIC on uh, Saturday, Sunday. We, you take Monday off. Tuesday, we come in and we just barely, you know, we, we barely get a strip of sweat going. We shoot and we visualize. We look at video and we talk about UIC and start game planning. But we do very little on that day. And then on Wednesday... You go to work. So you got Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, right? Well, we went to work on Wednesday, but we couldn't because we had a false positive on Tuesday. So we got one day of prep. Um, the Michigan State came earlier in the week, so we got two days of prep for Michigan State. So we really didn't get that week of practice that we thought we were going to get. I'm telling you this and making this public because I, our kids deserve for people to know that. Our, our players and what they're going through and the, you know, every, we're all going through it with COVID, Neil. That doesn't make us any different than the, the guy that can't go to work because his work shut down. But our kids are going through it and they're, you know, most of them are 18 years old. Many are, you know, 18 to 19 years old, the majority of the team. And for the, and they're going through, you know, unbelievable uh, adversity. And I think it's important that I have their back and let people know that you got to understand this, this, is, this has not been easy for this group of kids, and they're battling their tails off. All right, Coach, we're going to take our first break. Uh, when we come back, I do want to get your impressions on what you've seen. Uh, obviously, you've been playing when they've been playing, but I know that you're a guy you go and you watch everything that's going on in the league. So we'll get your thoughts 
on what you've seen so far in the Horizon League. I, a couple questions for you on that. Certainly, we'll take your questions with the hashtag Ask Campy as well. We got a couple of those that we got to get to. And, and I did want to ask Camp. I, I may have asked him this a couple of years ago, but I, I do want to ask him what's what's the greatest Christmas gift he ever got when he was when he was a little a little Campy. I want to know uh, what his best Christmas gift he ever got. We are on Christmas Eve Eve, so we'll take a break. Come back, get Coach's thought on the Horizon League. What's going on? Your questions with the hashtag Ask Campy as well. You're listening to the Greg Campy Show, brought to you by the Evans Law Group. Welcome back to the Greg Campy Show, brought to you by the Evans Law Group. My name is Neil Rule. He is a coach, Greg Campy. Happy to have you with us again wherever you are listening on Christmas Eve Eve. I know I confused you with that terminology uh, in the postgame video in Chicago, Coach, but it is. It's Christmas Eve Eve. Pretty cool, huh? Yeah. Um, as I said at the beginning of this, though, my, my Christmas is, happened last night, so it is a night of some information information that came late and it's going to be a long night of watching video yeah absolutely which uh fans with the hashtag ask campy they, they have asked a couple about that we'll get to that in the next segment uh but but i did want to kind of pick your brain on what you've seen around the horizon league and can't my initial impressions i haven't been able to to watch a lot of the video per se but just looking at stat lines looking at performances looking at results uh the the, the league seems to be in pretty good shape from a talent perspective because there, there are some players. There's been an injection of talent in this league. There's some big-time players that have come in. Yeah, you had a, <clears throat> you had a first-year player in the league get uh, 45 or 46 points the other night. You, I mean, Wright State looks like they have just didn't miss a step. They lost a lot of really good players. and uh, They're playing the two bigs together, and – I think they're the two best bigs in the league. You know, I might, I might not be thinking of somebody right now, but I think the the league is very young, and they have, you know, uh, Love is a fifth year player, and the other kid's a third year player, and I think they're probably if, if Love wasn't in the league, the other kid would probably be the best big in the league. So, you got the two best bigs in the league on that team, and they're playing together and learning to play together, and. It looks like they found a point guard, which I thought would be the the big question on, you know, how would they be this year? Um, what they did to Bowling Green. I mean, Bowling Green's got a really, really good team, and they had Bowling Green at Bowling Green by 30. Now, I will say this, and that doesn't, that doesn't you know, diminish anything anybody's done, but it's weird, Neil. It really is weird. You know, playing without fans. Um, I never, when this fall first started, I never really thought that I'd be, you know, nine, ten games into it telling people that, yeah, it's weird. I mean, it was different the first couple games, especially the Michigan game. That's when it really first dawned on me because Michigan played all this stupid crowd noise music. Right. And they just played it nonstop. You know, it was like annoying. At least at Michigan State and Purdue, they, they played it when their home team did something good. You heard all the crowd noise. But it's weird, you know, and, and we did get to play Oklahoma State where they had 3,500 fans, although they were far away from you. There was interaction with them. You heard them yelling at you, you know, the motivation side. Of it, 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 it's just different. So, you know, when, when a team like Wright State goes to Bowling Green and is up 33 at halftime, I think there's something to do with that, too. It's not – I mean, that's unheard of, and, and I guess in the COVID year anything, nothing's unheard of. So I really like Wright State, as everybody else did. Uh, you know, I, I told you a couple weeks ago on the show that I thought – so, you know, that Youngstown would probably be the team I would have picked first if, if I didn't believe that you just – you know, that somebody's a champion until they're not the champion. Uh, but – with what I've seen so far in the amount of tape that I've watched, um, you know, right. I think Wright state is, you know, they're really good. And I think they're a step ahead, maybe a huge step ahead of everybody. And, and we'll see how that plays out. And, but like all of us, we're an injury away from, from not being who we were. You know, I, one of the greatest teams I've ever coached ended up being a very average team. We lost five players 
you know, during the course of the season, the season ending injuries. And that team with one player hurt beat a very good Central Michigan team, 108 to 70 or something like that. You know, I remember the 108. I don't remember. I think maybe they had 75 or something in an exhibition game, you know. Um, and then we never saw that again because of, you know, a suspension and injuries and that. So we're all just one injury away from being average. So. You know, Coach, when you look at it too, the the guard play, you know, the, the injection of talent, especially in, at, at the guard spot, because, you know, you listen to a lot of pundits. I've never heard you say this before, but college basketball is a, you know, is, is a guard. When you got good guard play, you can win basketball games because the ball's in their hand most of the time. So, it you know, it stands to reason. Um, you, you look, you look at the guard play in the horizon league, the early returns are, it, it's going to be very, very good. I mean, seeing what I saw from Jalen and Rashad and, and those couple of performances they had at, at the power five spots, I was like, wow, dude, you, this, this backcourt, there can't be another, you know, better backcourt. There can't be another backcourt that's on the level uh, that these guys are. But you know, you look what you look what Tavion Kirk's doing at UIC. You talked about Cleveland State as well. Uh, there is some talent in, in the backcourt in this league. Well, I just go around the league with point guards. I mean, you got Quisenberry at Youngstown. You got Lucas up at Milwaukee. You yeah, I forgot. PJ I forgot about Pipes. him. Right. You got PJ Pipes at Green Bay. Um, you you know, obviously Jalen Moore's pretty good. Um, Antoine Davis, uh, if he is a point guard, uh, you know, uh, I'm not sure that he's your true point guard like the other guys, but he's, you know, if you talk about player of the year in the league, preseason player in the year of the year in the league, he's in the conversation. So he's playing the point. And you just go through the league and there's tremendous point guards. And I'm not sure I agree with your statement about guard play. I do think that you – it, you win in the NCAA tournament with guard play, but I think you win championships with, you know, I mean, I think that Wright State's guard play, while it's good, and, and but it's not above four or five sure. teams in this league. What, what differentiates Wright State from everybody else is they got the two best bigs in the league. And, oh, by the way, Tanner Holton, who was on the all-freshman team last year, might be as good wing as there is in the league. So, um you know, I think that differentiates them. And over the long period of time, uh, you know, that that rebounding still has a lot to do with winning. And so that's why when I sit here and say I think Wright State, it, it, that's the reason. that That's the metrics that I look at that I believe will, will lead to, you know, a great deal of success over a long period of time. Now over three days, I'll take a guy, get hot, and get me 35, 32, and 31, and you're going to win. Right, and that's that's a dynamic that's that's always been in play. I mean, going back to it, coach. I mean, were, were you surprised? And look, obviously, you're plugged in at your job. It's what you do. You know about the league. Are you surprised to see that injection of talent be as good as they have been uh, at the early part of this year? Were, were you kind of taken aback by it, or did you expect it? No, I think I think the league has gone through a transformation, and. Now is the time that it's starting to pay dividends. And I think over the next two to three years, you're going to see a hand. You're going to see the league really, really good at the top of the league. There's going to be some teams that are really, really good basketball teams that have average records and don't, don't go very far in postseason because there's just going to be better teams. And that's what everybody says they want. As long as yours, as long as your team is the one that's winning it, everybody <laughs> says they want that. <laughs> the team that's really good but can't win it, they don't want that. And I think that's what you're going to see. And the, and the reason for the transformation in the league, Neil, is all the coaching changes. Um, our league is notorious for uh, getting rid of coaches. You know, I mean, and, and since I've been in the league which I believe we're starting our eighth year in the league. We've had two coaches move on. Uh, Drew went to Vanderbilt, and uh, Brennan went to Cincinnati. And there's been 20 or 21 that have been fired in seven years. 
And we've had coaches get fired that have 22, 23 game, one, one, one 22 or 23 games. And so when that happens, I think what, what goes on is you have to start from scratch. You know, some of them, some of them didn't have to start from scratch. Some of them came in and, you know, they won 20 games the year before. They had some kids coming back. But the new coaches have brought in good players, and they're building from the ground up. And, uh, you know, Milwaukee has a coach whose son is rated the best player in the country at his position. And I read an article the other day that it's down to Milwaukee and Duke for the kid. And if the kid goes to Milwaukee with the youth that they have, he could transform them into a top 25 team. You know, I mean, I just just one or two really, really good players when you've got your system in place can change everything. And so I think now we're getting some stability, you know, with coaches. If you look down through it, um, there are really, really good coaches in the league. And the the ones who got turned over and maybe even turned over twice have now been there three years, you know, Mike Davis is going on his third year. Um, you could, I mean, I can't think off the top of my head, but uh, Pat Baldwin is going on maybe his fourth year. Um, so, I mean, I, I've been in the league seven years, and I'm by far the longest tenured coach in the league. I think the next one is four. So I think that's why you've seen such turnover and turmoil in the league. And I think now that it's starting to stabilize, a guy like Dennis Gates is bringing in, you know, the junior college kid that, that he brought in, the Hodge or whatever his name is. And you're going to see more of that. I think you're going to see the level of the league really rise in the next two or three years. And uh, as I said, there's going to be some really good teams that are in the middle of, you know, that are that are 12 and 8, 11 and 9. And in another year, they might have been 18 and 2 just because of how – competitive the league is going to be coach what about the style of play in the league too because when I look around I, I find the games and this is I guess this is this is a tough way to say this but I find the games but you got to remember and qualify you and I have had this discussion before I love 110 to 90 I love Oakland South Dakota State in, in the uh you know in the, in the in the tournament game when it's 112 to 92 and stuff like that I like that stuff but the Horizon League has seemed to evolve offensively as of late you see these games there's more points being scored I don't want to say it's less physical but I mean you know I guess I am saying that it's less physical you know it just it seems to be that there's more more of an offensive flow to the basketball games in the league now would you agree with that or no well I think it's it's um let's take a look at Oakland our great teams at Oakland scored a lot of points and then our average teams scored a lot, but not anywhere near what the great teams did. And then last year when we weren't very good, we didn't score at all, right? So I think that you can easily say that there's a correlation in points scored versus your level of talent at our level. So... What I mean by at our level, at our, at our level, I don't get who I want. If I got who I wanted, I'd have Gabe Brown, uh, Rocket Watts, Isaiah Livers. <laughs> You'd be all right, Cam. You know. Hunter Dickinson, the player on Kentucky. Who's the best? I would have those if I got who I wanted. Uh, what's the kid from Mott, Waterford Mott that went to Kentucky? Isaiah Jackson. Yeah, that's what I'd have. Nobody at our level gets who they want. Although Pat Baldwin might get his son. <laughs> um, so what you have to do is you have to get the best players you can, and then find a way to play that you can win. And you can say you have a system, and I, I believe we have a system, but we can't always play that system because to play to the system, you have to have players that fit it. And I can recruit players that fit it, and I'm never going to win because I got to get the best players and then figure out how to play and win. And I think that 
that I'm not alone in that. I think at the mid-major level or the or the even lower, that that's what you have to do to be successful. And I think as, as you see, the three-point line is such a factor in this. You know, the ability to shoot the three and the ability to score the three ball is where upsets occur. It's where Virginia, as the number one seed in the tournament, loses. It's where Buffalo goes and goes to the Sweet 16 and beats Arizona because they make 16 to 18 threes in a game. And you've got to have offensive-minded players to do that. The day of the mid-major being a defensive juggernaut just doesn't exist anymore because you, you can't consistently win without offensive talent at this level. Because no matter how good your defense is, you're going to play against better players. You know, you're just going to play against better players. And great offense always beats great defense. It always does. You can play the greatest defense in the world, and if the guy hits a jump shot falling down, or if they get the rebound and lay it in because they're taller, longer, and more athletic than you, you're going to lose. You've got to be able to score the ball at the mid-major level to do it. And as, as the league gets better, more points are going to be scored, and that's what we're seeing. Absolutely. All right, Coach, we'll take our next break. We come back. Your questions with the hashtag AskCampy. We got all that and more. I got a question for Campy, too, that's uh, holiday-related. So we'll get that rolling in the mix. It's Christmas Eve Eve, and it's the Greg Campy Show, brought to you by the Evans Law Group. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Greg Campy Show, brought to you by the Evans Law Group. He is a coach, Greg Campy. My name is Neil Rule. Happy to have you with us as we get rolling towards the holiday season, Christmas Eve Eve edition, I guess you would say. But, uh, Coach, you ready to uh, knock down some of these tweets with the hashtag Ask Campy? Absolutely. I haven't looked at any of them uh, this week, Neil, so surprise me. Surprise you? Okay. All right, we'll go to uh, Gene Grabowski first. He says, Coach, uh, with, with having no classes – uh, and this this was a tweet earlier uh, in the day when before the recent announcement that you guys will play uh, at Detroit on Saturday and Sunday at 4 p.m. But Gene wanted to know. He said, "Having no classes and no games for the next week, what do players get to do besides practice? Like, what do they do?" So, if if you weren't playing Detroit, what would they, what would they have done? Well, we would have we would have gotten two non-league games to fill, and we were working on that since the announcement came from. Northern Kentucky, uh, we were, we were working on getting two non-league games. Um, and we were very close to getting a, a blue blood. We, there was a big time program that we were going to play on, on Monday. And, uh, but we we're, we're not going to get to do that now. Obviously we're at our max limit for non-league games, but, uh, we would have, if we don't play two league games, then you could add two non-league games. So that's what we were doing. So, a basic day for our players is it's pretty routine. They they get up. Uh, we have the weight room during the mornings. We have practice at 10 a.m. Uh, we, we feed them. Um, and then we have gym time that they can come back in during the afternoon, early evening to get shots up, get free throws. Oh, you wouldn't think we ever shoot free throws based on how we're shooting them. But we have gym time for, for that. And then there's video uh we, we send to their computers to their ipads we send game video uh you know they, they had seen video of northern kentucky and now starting tomorrow they'll see video of detroit and and then it's their job to prep you know without school it's like a full-time job now and and we spend more time with them the ncaa limits the amount of hours you can be with them while in school but while you're outside of school it doesn't so um you you can there aren't days off. There aren't, even though we, we do still give them days off. Uh, but this, this year, too, is kind of a weird year where, with the quarantine and all that. They're not allowed to go home for Christmas. Their families aren't allowed to come here. Um, they'll actually be coming to my place for Christmas, and I'll, I'll have Christmas dinner for them at my place, um, you know, just so that we can have some semblance of a Christmas. Uh, but... 
you know, that's that's the COVID year, and, and they accepted it and understood it and signed up for it, and we're trying to get through it. All right, Coach, next one comes from Matt from the Horizon Roundtable. Says, Coach, what's a priority in practice at this point? Do you get more focused on what you guys need to do, or do, or do you focus a lot on the, the moving target of your potential opponents? Well, uh, you know, that's a really good question. And since you asked a crappy one last week, <laughs> I'll answer the good one this week. Um I don't really know the answer to that, Matt. I really don't. Uh, while we're in the heat of it, I'm trying to worry about us. And I'm trying to develop us. And, you know, we put in a couple more actions today. So, you know, by this time in a normal year going into Christmas, we would probably have 50 to 75, depending on how smart our team is. You know, how have had some teams that weren't that good at remembering stuff and so it'd been more like 50 and and i've had some really really intelligent teams that were able to latch on and 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 react and and make adjustments and that and we had had 75 quick hitters in by now and on our team right now we have 12. Uh, we had 10 now we have 12 after today um and then we're working on it we've got to do something defensively now that is different you know by this time yeah we were a man-to-man team but we had different ways to you know you might be a man-to-man team but you may have nine ways to guard a ball screen you know you can hedge it you can double it you can go under it you can lay back i mean there's just so many ways to guard it and you teach your base and then you work from your base well we had three days days to teach a base defense and we've probably had 15 practices since to improve it and games. And now we're to a point where we can add some stuff. And that's what we've spent this week. You know, we, we have had a chance. You know, we've, we've had all good tests and all. So we've been able to get in the gym every day. And we've had two really good practices. And we were able to add a couple sets. And we were able to add some defensive wrinkles, some other things to do out of that zone that will help us when a team's on a run. So, you know, one of the things in your coaching 101 class that you all learned is when a team goes and hits five or six straight shots, everybody says you should call a timeout. That might be, and that might also be another way to stem the tide is to change, to change what you're doing. Maybe you go from a man to three possessions a zone. Maybe in your man, you change how you guard the ball screen. Maybe you trap the first pass in the man so that they can't run a set. Maybe they're running a set that's killing you. So you trap the first pass so they can't. Maybe you come out of a timeout that you do call and you do something completely different. Those are really, really key strategies in coaching. We haven't been able to do that because we have nothing to go to. So now we've got something else, you know, now it's going to take a couple games to perfect it. That's why you want to play games. As I talked about earlier, you want to play an exhibition game. You want to play, you know, our lady of the lake from Minnesota somewhere or something that you're going to beat by 40 points so that you can do those things and make mistakes and get it on film and teach them. You can't do it in practice because the kids know it's coming. Right. You know what I'm saying? You're, you're, if you've got black shirts and white shirts in practice and you call out something in practice, the guys in the white shirts know what's coming and they're gonna, they don't want to get embarrassed. They're going to do something and you're not going to get anything done. You're not going to get accomplished. You have to do it in game. You have to learn to make mistakes in games and learn from those mistakes and watch the video and then figure out how to do it better. We haven't had a chance to do that. So that was a long answer to a really good question. And yes, we're more worried about ourselves, except it's Detroit. You know, it's Detroit. <laughs> we got to play. Yeah. And we got we to play our best basketball Saturday and Sunday because it's Detroit. Absolutely. And when we come back from the break, Coach, uh, Pittsburgh Marty had a question for you that's along the lines of the Detroit one. So I, I'm going to go to the break, and I'll ask you uh, that question when we come back from the break. But real quick, Neil in Washington Township wants to know, What's the greatest Christmas gift you ever got when you were a little when you were a little campy? What was the greatest Christmas gift you ever got? Wow, 
Didn't you ask me this last year? And I, I, had I, I, an I think I asked it a couple years ago. Yeah. But we were yeah, never on I, Christmas Eve Eve before, you know? I think I have the same answer. I got, you know, just the joy of being able to sit down with my family and, and have Christmas that a lot of people aren't going to get to do this year because of COVID. So the gift of giving. How's that? There you go. I like it. All right, Camp, we'll take our final break. Come back, uh, wrap up these questions with the hashtag Ask Campy. Get your thoughts uh, on Detroit, and uh, that will be it. And as we talked about, Horizon League, uh, some breaking news from the league. Golden Grizzlies will play Detroit on Saturday at 4 p.m., on Sunday at 4 p.m. in Callahan Hall. Of course, we'll be on the air at 3.30 on the Real Team Real Estate Radio Network. We'll be right back with more of the Greg Campy Show, brought to you by the Evans Law Group. Welcome back. Final segment of the show here on the Greg Campy Show brought to you by the Evans Law Group. Usually we are at RJ's Pub live in Rochester Hills. Uh, certainly, as you guys know, can't be there now. But, uh, hey, if you're around the area, you're thinking about, you know, you want something for dinner, uh, give Russ and the guys a call over there, 248-652-9550. Coach Campy says get the season fries. So do yourself a favor all the way around. Help out the companies that that help the Greg Campy show and, you know, get some dinner that you don't have to make. Uh, Final couple minutes of the show. Pittsburgh Marty, Coach. Big fan of the show, has a tweet for us and wants to know, due to the last-minute change in the schedule uh, with Detroit, you know, the, the, how does the preparation work? And, you know, can you comment on what you've seen from Detroit uh, that maybe is keeping you up at night? Well, I've watched Detroit cursory uh, so far. I watched them play Michigan State because we play Michigan State, so I watched that tape. I watched their Wright State game because we play Wright State and them, but we play Wright State before them. So it was more watching the opponent than it was watching them. Um, When this radio show is over, um, I will spend my time getting ready for Detroit, and I will know a lot more about them. Uh, I know that they are a much more talented group at the other positions than they were in the last couple of years. Um, I know that Mike, who I have a great deal of respect for, who I think is one of the good guys in the business. Um, I know that he is excited about his group and that's always scary when you talk to a coach who's excited about his team. Um, I think he feels that he's got players at multiple positions, which he hasn't thought he had. Um, I know that Brandon is back from his injury, and I'm a big Brandon fan, um, have been. Anybody can rebound the ball like that young man can rebound it. Anybody plays with the energy that that young man plays with, I'm a fan of. And obviously his son, it's well documented. We tried really hard to get him when he was, you know, before Mike was the coach at Detroit and he was back at Texas Southern. We, we recruited the kid extremely hard, um, as hard as you can recruit a kid probably. I think I, I might be wrong. I believe we were his first offer. I might be wrong. Um, but, you know, I think he, that kid is going to make money playing basketball. And, you know, he's off to a tough start shooting the ball, but he's so good that, you know, he could go, he could go off for 50 at any time. And that's always a big fear when you play Detroit is that this is the night that he's going to go off. I, I remember a couple of years ago, I think his freshman year, they played Wright State and he went off for 46 against Wright State. And Wright State never had a chance. And so that's always a fear when you play them. Uh, rebounding, don't turn the ball over, don't let them get out in the break. And then you got to run good offense against them. You got to make sure you get a quality shot every time. So there you have it, Pittsburgh Marty. And uh, as always, we appreciate your questions with the hashtag Ask Campy. Anytime during the week it pops in your mind, go ahead. You can, uh, you can break it off, and uh, we will certainly get to it. Keep in mind, no show. Uh, next Wednesday because of the holiday break, but we will be back in effect after the new year. Uh, Golden Grizzlies schedule to after this weekend against Detroit, the following weekend, Coach. Hopefully, you know we get back to the blacktop 
and uh, you know, square off on really, really that that would be really nice. You know, we're yeah. supposed to play our first home game this week, and we don't get to, and and then we get sent on the road. So um, there's our kids have, as I talked about earlier, our kids deserve, you know, people to step back and maybe you know pat them on the back a little bit and uh, tell them what a great job they're doing, considering uh, all the all the negative, all the you know, things that have gone against them. Coach, what about that too? Because being around it the whole time, you know, being with you guys every, every step of that way, the, 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 the positive attitude that they have kept, you know, that they've been upbeat, you know, in practice and those types of things on the bus, traveling, all that kind of stuff. They, they really have, I thought, you know, just as an independent observer, just really carried themselves well through all this. I mean, you know, the, the record, you, you talked about the record's a record, right? Okay. But they haven't, they haven't let that alter their DNA, I don't feel like. Well, it's a, it's a good, good group of kids, and I don't, I don't care who you are. You hear the outside noise, sure. and we try, we try real hard to keep the outside noise away from them. We, we try real hard to tell them that the outside no, noise is nothing more than outside noise. But... It, it, they're still kids and they still hear it. And, you know, we were really looking forward to finally getting to play at home. And, and now we got to go back out on the road. And, uh, you know, at, at that age, it, it, it can beat you up. And I mean, it, I, at my age, it can beat you up. So imagine what it is at their age and, and trying to understand right from wrong, trying to understand what's happening, what's going on. Um, you know, why can't you make a free throw, you know, when I'm a, I'm a 85% lifetime shooter and I can't even, you know, shoot 50%, right? You know, those, there's a lot of questions in their mind and, you know, we've got to do, we've got to do a job. I said, after the second UIC game, I got to do a better job. I'm not doing a good enough job and I got to do a better job. I got to do a better job with them. I got to make them understand what's going on and we got to keep, we got to keep bringing it. And one of the things that I thought we've done all year with the exception of the Xavier game, because we just got, you know, with three days practice and went out there and just got physically couldn't yep. do it. Yep. And then the, the, the UIC game, the first game and the last game, I think they're the only two games that I don't think that we had, you know, great energy and, and great enthusiasm and, and all the things that you want your team to do. Uh, but the rest of the time, I think we've been really good at it, and, and uh, I got to do a better job. All right, Coach. Well, you do do a good job on the radio show, so I certainly do appreciate that. <laughs> so <laughs> we can we can go from there. But uh, I think for head coach Greg Campy, uh, I'm Neil Rule, and just want to tell everybody happy holidays. Thanks for interacting with the show. You know your tweets uh, all season long. Certainly, we do appreciate them, and we'll be back at it after the new year. Anything else, Coach? Before we get get going for the holiday season. Just wish everybody that when you know whatever your beliefs are that you uh, get to share it with your family and that you have a, a safe and and enjoyable time together. Absolutely, big thank you to Nick Rogers back in our Real Team Real Estate Studios as well. So we'll talk to you on Saturday, Callahan Hall. We'll be on there at three thirty with the pregame show for the coach Greg Campy. My name is Neil Rule. Thanks for listening, everybody. Well, see you later.